Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 7. This is the final week of our Sandcastle Kings series. I hope you don't mind. I felt like I wanted to play basketball today. And so, you know, even though we can't go play basketball, in my mind, I'm playing basketball right now. So that's why I dressed like I was ready to go play basketball. Just so you know. Just so you know. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to do something fun, even though my body is worn out. But uh, that's where that's where my mind is at this morning. Uh, in the process, though, I hope you have learned some things uh, from this series. I hope you've had uh, some reflections on the topics we've discussed. Uh, just briefly, did y'all enjoy last week's? The fish. <laughs> You'll never forget that image, right? You'll never forget the image of the, the, the tongue-eating louse taking over the tongue of the fish, right? The, the lies and deception that happens, right? We learned in the first week about the centurion, right? We learned what, what faith can do and, and what our faith should look like. And it's just amazing what God can do with someone who's willing and obedient to just move forward in faith, amen? And it's so interesting, uh, as we've learned that the whole idea behind Sandcastle Kings is that we want to make sure we build something that lasts, that's eternal, that we're not trying to build something that is temporary. No matter what we're doing in life, at your job, at home, if you've got a business, whatever you're doing, you should have an eternal mindset attached to it. You should have the idea that what you're doing some way, shape, or form is going to have eternal impact. Even if your job is not directly connected to that, you are directly connected to that. Amen? And your life should be as such. So today, we want to close it out by reading a story from Luke 7, verse 36. And this is simply the story of uh, a woman a sinful woman that came to worship at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Let's read. In verse 36, it says, One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him, so Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts simon he said to the pharisee i have something to say to you 
Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Why do you suppose, who do you suppose loved him more after that? And Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from time to time, from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is a remarkable story. But it's so typical of our human nature. Not much has changed since the beginning of time. We still like to point fingers and point out who's worse than us. If you get kids around long enough, somebody's going to try and tell you how good they are at something and how bad someone else is at something else. <laughs> it's in our human nature. We have this innate feeling to put others down to elevate ourselves. This is the exact thing that the enemy did before he fell. He put everyone beneath him and exalted himself above God. He wanted to be the most important person in the room. And here is this Pharisee basically calling out Jesus for allowing this sinful woman to touch him. Now understand culturally, number one, they did not value women the way we value women today. There was a different level of value there. They didn't feel they should be uh, interrupting the men's meals. This was just a cultural thing, you know. Uh, number two, Jesus was a rabbi. These were all leaders of the biggest religion in their culture. You just don't barge in and start doing stuff uninvited. So she was bold enough to come into this room and to begin tending to Jesus. I can only imagine, because it doesn't give us all the story. It doesn't give us all her history. There's been great speculation on what this woman's profession was. But I can only imagine that not only did she have great sin, but she had great pain. Not only did she have great sin, but she had great heartache. 
She was searching. She was desperate. She was hurting. And I don't know if you've ever encountered someone like this who's hurting, who's in pain spiritually, who's in pain emotionally. They are desperate for someone to speak life into them. They are desperate to find something real and authentic. They are desperate. Honestly, their spirit is hungry for the real God. That's what it boils down to. And so here's this woman on top of the fact that they know who she is, she still decides to hide herself by kneeling beside or behind Jesus. She didn't come in and kneel in front. She came and knelt behind him and began to cry. They know who she is, but she's still humiliated. She's still dealing with her pain she's still dealing with her struggle and she's doing it even though she's afraid she's worshiping even though she's embarrassed she knows they know who she is she knows that, that they're concerned that she's in the room she knows that they don't just they, that they disapprove of what she's doing but she's doing it anyways see at some point Regardless of how painful it is, regardless of what you've been through, regardless of the pain you've experienced, you have to push on. Understand this. If you don't transform your pain, you will transmit your pain. There's an old saying that hurt people hurt people. If you don't transform that pain, if you don't let God deal with it, you will transmit it. You will push it onto someone else. You'll be that, like that bully on the playground that's putting everyone else down because someone put you down. Like that is what happens. And so here she is doing everything she can to turn her pain into worship. And they disapprove. This is what religion does. This is what religion does, not Jesus. It's very clear in this story who Jesus is and who the religious people are. Very, very clear. And religion will always want to put you in your place. Religion will always want to tell you that you're not valued enough, you're not worthy enough to be at Jesus' feet. Religion will always call you a sinner first. We don't even know this girl's name. because they wouldn't call her by her name. They just kept calling her sinful woman. Religion won't call you by who you are. They'll call you by what they see. You know, it's interesting. I think about, I often think about this role I have as a preacher. And I wonder, I really do, I wonder because I remember growing up in church my whole life and man, I can't tell you a single message my pastor preached until I was about 18, 19 years old. 
I can't tell you. I don't know about you, but growing up in the church, I just don't remember his sermons. I remember the corny jokes. <laughs> I got some of those too, you know. Like, I remember when he would, like, <laughs> repeat the same joke, <laughs> you know. And I would be like, oh, yeah, I heard that one before. Like, I don't remember a single message. And I'm amazed that I grew up in church and learned what I learned without remembering what he preached. And so sometimes I wonder, is what I'm saying even like getting there? You know, is what I'm saying even like, are you hearing it? I wonder about that, but then I have to remind myself, I got you for like an hour a week. And to be truthful, if this is all you get all week, you're not getting enough. Because me talking to you for an hour a week, you're not going to remember. <laughs> you're just not. No matter how good I preach, no matter how bad I preach, you're just not going to remember. We have to get to a place where we get into the scripture for ourselves to have deeper transformation. You will never be able to transform that pain. You will never be able to remove those burdens until you begin to dig deeper. I think at some level, this woman, she knew her shame, she knew her sin, she knew her guilt and so did everyone else. But at some point she decided to not just know about the religion, but to go after the person that she saw as a savior. And I'm telling you right here, you can either be Simon the Pharisee or you can be that sinful woman, but only one of you is getting close to Jesus. They were both in the room. Only one actually worshiped him. I don't know which one you are this morning. You can be that judgmental person that points out everyone else's flaws and who deserves to be in the house of God and who doesn't. But I'm telling you right now, that's not God's heart at all. That's not who Jesus is at all. That's why he told the story. Who do you think loved more after their debt was canceled? Well, obviously the one who's Debt was greater. It's obvious. One message a week from me will not do what you need to do in your life. It's great. I'm glad you're here. I really am. But I am keenly aware because I grew up in it. I am keenly aware that one message a week is not enough to get you on the trajectory of your purpose. You need daily reflection. You need daily meditation on God's word. That's what you need. 
Then, once you have it, you have something that no one can take away. You have the power within you to go live out God's word. So I have a question for you. How do we live out God's word? Because as Gilbert said a few weeks ago in his cliche message, it's easy to say those cliches, right? Go live out God's word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But how do we live out God's word? How do we do it? How do we be who God's called us to be? I will tell you this. It's about your posture or your positioning, if you will. You have to position yourself like this woman. Because if there's anything you can learn from this story, it's that it doesn't matter who you are. But if you position yourself at his feet, you're in the right place. Simon was sitting next to him, not worshiping. The woman was behind him at his feet, worshiping. It doesn't matter if you're in the room or not. It doesn't matter if you're around him. The question is, are you at his feet? Your posture, your positioning, that's how you live out his word. That's how you live out your relationship with God. It is impossible for you to go out there into the world and live out what you know of the word without being at his feet. Because you can't get his heart unless you're at his feet. You can sit next to him all you want, eat with him all you want, chat it up all you want, talk about the weather all you want. But if you haven't cried on his feet, if you haven't wiped the tears that came out of your eyeballs that fell on his feet with your hair, if you haven't done that, you can't live anything else out. And so coming to church is great, keep doing it. Hearing a message, great, keep doing it. But don't let it be the only source of relationship with God. You have to go sit at his feet. You have to go weep at his feet. You have to go take your shame and your sin and everything that burdens you and put it at his feet and say, here it is. Because you can't do that with me. You can try all you want. I'm going to go, well, I'm, I'm going to be praying for you, brother. I mean, what do you want me to say? Slap, slap, here you go. Here's the Bible. Here's the scripture. Go on home. Because the reality is, I can't save you. I can't save you. It is very likely, it is extremely likely that this woman had already in the past wept over her sins. It is probably even likely that she has already gone to God for forgiveness and asked him for forgiveness, right? It's probably likely that she's already had that conversation. Like she knows about God. She, she knows that 
you know, she's not living a moral life. And it's very likely that she's already had that conversation with God. But when she saw an opportunity to go sit at Jesus's feet, she took it. She didn't hesitate. And even though everyone saw her humiliation, she knew that as long as she could worship this moment, one day she will not have humiliation ever again. I don't know what your struggles are. Some of you I do because you put it all over Facebook. That's how life is. But most of you, I don't know what your struggles are. But I will tell you this, that if you don't take every opportunity to sit at his feet, all you're doing is acting like Simon. You're coming to church, enjoying the food, having fun. Yeah, he's in the room with you. But eventually you become religious. You play the part of the Pharisee. And then when someone off the street who is actually hungry for God, who is filthy and dirty and covered in sin, walks in the building, you don't know how to respond. Why are they so loud? Isn't that the person from the corner? It's so easy to become Simon. It's so easy to become the Pharisee. Man, I just want to be this young woman who sat there, took the humiliation, didn't say a word, and just worshiped. Because that's a surefire way to get to his heart. And man, we need more of those people in our, in our midst. It's so easy for someone like me, and maybe you can relate, who's grown up in the church, been in it my whole life. It's so easy to get into a religious routine. It's so easy to, well, yeah, I know know that scripture, and I know, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. It's so easy to rely on knowledge, and it's so easy to rely on experience, but nothing replaces those moments you can have all the knowledge in the world you can memorize the entire bible in fact they did that was kind of their role they knew the scripture inside and out it was their job and yet religion took over and they couldn't recognize until he had to explain it over and over they couldn't recognize that this was a lost person that needed a savior. And even at the end of the story, they didn't understand who he was. How could he forgive sins? Who does he think he is? First, they were complaining about the woman. Now they're complaining about Jesus. This is what religion does. Because as soon as someone walks into our doors and gets delivered and then they start preaching, they're, well, who do they, they don't have the right to preach. They haven't gone to Bible school. They haven't done all these steps yet. Who, we turn from looking at the shameful person and start going, God, why are you using that person? They haven't done everything I've done. 
this is what religion does. And my goal in life is to kill every religious part in my history. Every religious mindset I have. And understand, it is a mindset. It's something that develops over time. It's a mindset that takes root. So why does our posture matter? Why does our posture matter? I want to write down some things or tell you some things I wrote down here. I wrote down that spiritual fulfillment can never be found in ourselves. In other people, it cannot be found. In material things, it cannot be found. And in religion, it cannot be found. When we look at the woman with the alabaster jar, we have to confront our insecurities. Because our insecurities are that we know how to do church. And we know how to do this thing called Christianity. And we know how to do the religion. That's really a crutch. It's an insecurity. All it really leads to is discontentment. Over time, you put too much stock in religion and you will eventually become completely discontented. You will be left wanting. You will be left searching. And this is why many leave the church is because they were given a pill to swallow like the matrix and it was a religious pill, not a spiritual pill. You cannot get spiritual fulfillment by just simply doing what religion says you should do. You can only get it by going to his feet. The only answer for spiritual bankruptcy is Jesus. Bottom line. And until you turn to him, until you sit at his feet, you will never experience the peace, the joy that you so desperately crave. Why does our posture matter? Why does sitting at his feet matter? Because it fulfills the promise of his presence. What did the Bible say? He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If you sit at his feet, you have the promise of his presence fulfilled. Because he's with you. He's there in those moments with you. He's there in your time of need. He's there no matter how sinful you are, no matter how right you're living, no matter how wrong you're living. He is there in that moment waiting to hear your voice for you to crack open your alabaster jar. At his feet is where you find everything you need. At his feet is where you find the clarity you seek. It's where you find the wholeness you seek, the joy you seek, the peace you seek. At his feet is where you find forgiveness. You can't find forgiveness in me. You can come confess your sins to me all you want. It's not gonna forgive you. You've got to go to his feet. 
At his feet is where you find the fullness of his spirit. And at his feet is where you find freedom. I want to read one more scripture. If the worship team can come back up. I feel like worshiping some more if that's okay with you. But I want you to turn with me as they get ready. I want you to turn with me to Psalms 91. I believe this is going to resonate with you. I believe this is going to bless you. I hope you highlight this, mark it, the whole chapter, Psalms 91. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the, terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes in midday. Come on, you cannot be afraid of this stuff. I'm gonna read that again, verse five. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Lord the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and crobers. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them. Hear this. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. There's a couple things I want to point out about this. Number one, it's verse one. The key 
to all of this, this promise is verse one. Those who live in the shelter of the most high. Where's the shelter? Where's the shelter? It's at his feet. It ain't the church. I love this place, but this isn't the shelter. It's at his feet. Those who live in the shelter of the most high. That's the first thing you need to understand. You want this promise from God. You want him to cover you. You want his angels to encamp around you. Get in the shelter. You can't find the shelter online. You can't find the shelter anywhere else. You find it in his presence at his feet. The other thing is in almost the last verse. That even if trouble does come, guess who's with you in it? Verse 15 says, when they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. If you're in trouble, if you find yourself in trouble, if you get in that shelter, he will be there with you. See, God doesn't promise that you'll never experience anything wrong, but he does promise that he'll be with you if it does go wrong. I don't know who this was for this morning, but I do know this. If you leave here and you just go about your routine, you've missed the point. Jesus is not solely interested in you playing your part as much as he's solely interested in having your heart. It's so interesting to read the scripture and to see how many leaders missed it. How many so-called godly men in scripture missed the point. They missed it. And it takes a sinful woman like this to come and teach us. He will always use what no one else wants to teach us our greatest lessons. The Bible says he will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. This is a foolish thing that he would take someone that deserved no grace, that deserved no mercy, and give her the ultimate expression of grace and mercy. Let's stand. Lord, I pray. that our hearts posture would be not to just check off some boxes and to fulfill our obligations and to do what we're supposed to do as Christians, but our, but our heart's posture would be to simply love on you. Not so we can get anything, not so that you can give us anything, but just 
to love on you. I want to give you this opportunity this morning as we worship. If you would just want to get closer to him. If you want to sit at his feet, I want to invite you to come down here to the front. Let's worship together. If you want to kneel at your chair, whatever you would like to do. But I want to invite you in this moment to just draw near to him. Draw near to him. To sit at his feet. Come on, take this opportunity to not just fulfill a religious obligation, but to get closer to him to find life in him, to find true joy, true peace in him. Come on, I encourage you this morning, take that step and just get closer to him. Just worship at his feet for a little while. Don't be in a hurry, just worship at his feet for a little while. Cry on his feet, break your perfume. See, what you don't understand is that your worship is like a fragrance. It's a sweet perfume. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your cries. He wants to know your heart aches for his. Come on, worship, 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 Lord. The only thing I need is to bow at your feet and pour my love out. The only thing I need is to bow at your feet. Come on. And I will pour my love out. The only thing I need to bow at your feet and I will pour my love out the only thing I need is to bow at your feet and I will pour my love out the only thing I need is to bow at your feet Thing I need is to bow at your
Come on, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Worship the Lord this morning. say this real quick I sometimes look at these stories and these scriptures and think I am at times both Simon and this woman I am at times seeking God and at the same time fighting that religious side of me and what I want to explain to you is that if your worship doesn't drive your religious side crazy, then worship more. Because the religious side of you wants to hold back. It wants to restrain. It wants to keep you calm. It wants to keep you quiet. It wants you in the room, but not in his presence. But the side of you that's like this woman is willing to do whatever it takes to get to his feet. It's willing to break all the rules to get to his feet. And so what I want to tell you is if you find yourself right now fighting that side of you, worship more worship more if if there's a battle right now going on inside of you the religious side of you is like no 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 no, no don't do it no, no no don't get on your knees no, no no don't lift your hands no no don't don't go to the altar no 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 don't do that that's the religious side of you that needs to die and the side of you that is your spirit that's hungry for God man let that breathe let that go let that worship let it fly Get into the shelter of the Most High. Come on. Come on. Let's worship. Get into the shelter of the Most High this morning. Worship like you've never worshipped before. Lift your voice like you've never lifted your voice before. Praise Him like you've never praised Him. Come on, drive your religious side crazy. For some of you, it's been too long. It's been too long. It's been too long. Get at his feet. Get at his feet. Get at his feet. 
We love you, Jesus. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, and no plague will come near your home. Come on, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, and no plague will come near your home. I don't know about you, but in this day and age, the only thing I want to trust in is this right here. The only thing I want to believe in is this right here. I could talk forever, so I'll shut up now. I'll let you chew on that. But I hope that through this series, you've understood that what we are doing here and what our purpose is here is not to pass the time. It's to make an impact for heaven's sake. And we can't do it unless we get at his feet first. Everything else will follow. joining us this week. Our vision is to plant churches that are life-changing. If you would like to support our ministry, you can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.